Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 95, the Houston Rockets, Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Braves, the New Jersey Devils episode. Wow. Yeah, a lot of good teams there. <clears throat> I am your host, as always, Tej Butler. Uh, Dill, sitting next to me, as always. Dill, do you want the good news or the bad news here for today's episode? Uh, They're both pretty volatile news. A lot going on there. Bad news. We're dogeless today. That's Crushers true. have a game. Couldn't get him in. But we had a, we have a, uh, good news is, yeah, good news we have an all-star guest coming in to fill in. Because, I mean, you when you have a doge who's not in, you have some huge shoes to fill. So, no one, no one, <clears throat> none other, none other, than Cavs reporter for the Locked On Cavs podcast, Chris Manning will be joining us here, and we'll be getting to that in one second. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we have to warm it up, because before we start talking about the draft, before we start talking NBA, and getting excited for that, we got to warm it up, we got to stretch it out. So, Dill, I will pass it to you first. Uh, big news here, I think, for a little warm-up. What do you got? Yeah, so talk about some more. Do you want the good? Let's give me some more good news. All right, the good. So... Earlier today, it was announced that the brand new stadium, TQL Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, to where we reside. Yes. And we have season tickets, too. Yep. Uh, will host the World Cup qualifier between the U.S. and Mexico. Yep. November 12th. Huge game. Huge November game. November 12th. That'll be wild for them to be. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a wild game. Be cold. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that. The ones we've been to have been heaters. They've been a lot real hot. So it'll be interesting it'll to be, be cold. drastically different. Yeah. So it's exciting though. Uh, I hope we can get tickets. Yeah, hopefully we can. That'll be really exciting. Um Okay, so for my warm up, uh this is gonna be predominantly basketball pod, talking about the draft as well. So why not give you a little basketball before we get into it a little bit more? Um the Pelicans getting active here in the trade market. Um, trading Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, the 10th pick, the 40th pick, and then a 2022 first-round pick that they got from the Lakers via Anthony Davis trade to the Grizzlies. So Grizz loading up there with some assets yeah. um, and some some contracts, if you will. Unloading, if you will, I guess. Jonas Valanciunas, pick 17 and pick 51. So the Pelicans move back in the draft. Get rid of Bledsoe and Steven Adams. They create, by the way, you're kind of thinking, why did they maybe do that? It doesn't seem like a trade. They create $36 million in cap room, enough to bring back some of their players if they want. Um, and then, obviously, adding Jonas Valanciunas, I think, will be a great guy to go alongside of Zion there. Uh, I believe Eric Bledsoe is not intended to stay with the Grizzlies, so they're going to try to find a way for him to get out. Steven Adams, I guess, will be staying. And then they move up seven spots in the draft, maybe go – for some of those guys that we're going to talk about here. Oh, jeez. Sorry, watching the baseball game. Reds got hit. What's new? Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we're just going to be talking about the, some of those guys here in a second. I apologize. Let's uh, let's get right into that with our interview here with Locked On Cavs podcast host, Chris Manning. Folks, tonight we are joined by one of the voices for the Locked On Cavs podcast, writer for the Fear the Sword blog, as well as Forbes Sports and the Cleveland Magazine. You can follow him on Twitter at CWM Writes. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Cavs expert and fellow Mac alum, OU, oh yeah, to be specific over there, Chris Manning. Chris, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. You know, any any time I can talk to some fellow uh, Maxion appreciators, it's a good day. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a Red Hawk over here, and then uh, Big Dill's a Toledo Rocket, so a lot of Maxion going on. Yeah, my wife is a Miami alum, unfortunately. Oh, great. So, uh, yeah, you know, it happens. Uh, better than Akron, though. I'll say that. Miami better than Akron. Okay, okay. I like that. I'll take that. Good to hear. Um, so let's get into the questions here. We got the draft coming up uh, tomorrow, or depending today, depending on when you're listening to this. Excuse me. And um, it's allegedly a three-person draft, as they would say. So there's three really good picks, and then it kind of falls off after that. And the Cavs have the third pick in the draft. Do you think they're going to be making a selection there? Do you think they'll try to move up, or do you think they might, you know, move back and gather some assets? I'd be blown away if they traded down. I think, like, the the odds are Evan Mobley is going to be leaving Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Um, I I tend to think, like, Suggs should probably also be in that four, even if I don't think the Cavs should really consider him. But I'd be surprised if they away. I think the Cavs are just in a spot where, like, they got a chance to get a potential franchise guy. They're going to take him. That's just way more valuable than assets to me. So yep. I, I would be shocked if, it, if they traded down, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm with you there. I totally yeah. agree. Hey, Chris, this is Dylan here. Um, so as far as kind of banking off of that, uh, all signs are kind of pointing to Cade Cunningham going number one. Um, you know, who would you rather, you know, have a uh, fault to the Cavs? Are you thinking like Jalen Green, Evan Mobley? You just mentioned Evan. Is that something that not only do you think they'll do, but um, I guess just as a fan, is that something that you think would be a good fit there? I think like you'd be happy with either one, right? Like I think mm-hmm. like if you get if you get green, like you're getting a, a really interesting scoring wing who's got a ton of athleticism. Uh, definitely going to need some time to kind of season as a playmaker and on the defensive end. But like Mobley kind of has some you know room to grow too um, in terms of like he's got to add some muscle. I think I think we'll have to you know see how, how well he can ultimately shoot and whatnot. But I kind of think. I kind of think you're good either way. I, I just, it just seems like unless all the smoke screens have just been <laughs> that and not sort of just like actual accurate leaks here, I, I it's like the Cavs couldn't get a workout with Jalen Green. Like, right? You know, like and he, I don't know if you guys saw this. He did this GQ interview. It was a very good interview. We talked a lot of like mental health and stuff. It was interesting, but okay. he was talking about like how he's like, where do you want to like get picked? He's like, I want to live in Detroit. Detroit has the number one pick. Like, this is a guy that's, like, trying to get the number one pick. And, like, the Cavs are just, the way he's angling himself, he's not going to get, he's just trying not to, to even get the three. So, I I, I think Mobley is, like, it's, if you want to call it a consolation prize, I think that's, like, almost, like, underselling it. You right. just did that. But, like, yeah, I think you're happy with either one, and I think you, you come away. Like, getting to three was just, like, a win for Cleveland regardless. Yeah, definitely. You're going to get somebody here, whether, I mean, I really would be incredibly shocked if Cade fell to three, but if that were to happen, you'd be coming out incredibly great. Jalen Green's going to be, I think, a real good scorer in this league. And Mobley has incredible two-way ability with his offense and then his ability to defend what looks like maybe multiple positions because he's pretty athletic um, for the Cavs. So you really can't go wrong here. Do you Um, think they're going to have any sort of like weird hangover effect about drafting another UFC guy with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. there? No, but it's no. it's funny because he's also going to get Kevin Porter Jr.'s old number probably. He right. wore number four USC. Um, 
I would assume that, like, he would wear... I'm going to see what number one high school I've never looked this up, so I'm going to do this live here. Here we go. Uh, okay, he wore, wore number four high school, so, like, he's just going to take Kevin Porter Jr.'s number. So, that's winners, Cleveland Cavaliers, and people that bought KPJ jerseys, specifically that 90s jersey, they can just go to one of those things at, like, the South Park Mall and get the nameplate replaced. Right. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um. Yeah, like we're saying, the Cavs can't go wrong here, but uh, there's a lot of rumors... About you know Colin Sexton maybe being on the move or him being a big target for a lot of other teams, as well as Jared Allen. Um, who do you think is more likely to be a Cav next year? Or do you think both guys are staying staying put? I think both are likely to be staying put, just because like I think Allen's coming back. I think they're going to match pretty much any offer you'd get in a restricted free agent. I tend to think they're going to try to sign him to a deal. Yep. before he even can like go negotiate with Toronto or Dallas or Charlotte and stuff. Like, I think they're just going to take care of that. Yeah, I don't really like see the appeal of any of these Sexton deals at home, Cleveland. If your goal next year is to be better, and you can like look at Sexton and say, okay, like his fit is a little out, so we need to like have him take more threes and probably dial back his shot attempts a little bit, right? Like there, mm-hmm. there are things we need to do with him to sort of iron this out and fit a little cleaner and and maximize him. I don't know why like trading him for like like 19 and 21 and like Obi Toppin or some nonsense from the Knicks like that doesn't do it for me you know um there's not like deals I've seen like I mean like Hero and Achua doesn't like really do it for me either like I I, Hero like might be a cleaner fit but like yeah I the 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 trade like I don't even think this is like not the Thunder I know are interested I, I like if you could get like Dort in like 16 I'm like absolutely doing that but like I don't think that's even like really a thing I think it's it's. I don't think there's like a deal that, as it currently presents itself, as we understand what is sort of actually being talked about with them, that is actually like interested. So I, I don't. I just expect both of them to be there, and you know maybe that changes over the trade deadline or you know in the next off season. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I don't think. Uh, I think Jared Allen's definitely going to be coming back. I, I think it'd be silly to get rid of him, especially if you could pair him. Um, with Mobley, because then you could have two really nice big guys who can protect the rim there, um, and they can kind of complement each other. Um, and then I think Sexton is a nice piece in a bunch of trade packages and in a bunch of articles, uh, but I don't know, like you're saying, if there's really a, a deal that is perfect for the Cavs there. Well, it might be perfect for a bunch of other teams, like, oh yeah, the Knicks would love to have Colin Sexton, and I'm sure a bunch of other teams would too, but the Cavs aren't really interested in what they're going to be getting back, like you mentioned. So I think they're both going to stay, but if I had to pick one, I would say Sexton over Jared Allen because I think Jared Allen is going to be staying in a piece that they should definitely build around. Still, if you had to pick one, or you think they're both staying? So you think Collins leaving would leave if, I, if, if I, you had to. if there had to be one, I would right. say it would be him. But I think it, they're both they're both probably going to stay. Yeah, so I, I think something you have to look at. There are going to be there are always lots of guards that you can find. There aren't always you know that great defensive big guy right who's just going to get a lot of boards he can't really get his own shot but you know he does rebound well and get those putback shots and you know some dunk and oop attempts but you know i think that's definitely something you could build around so yeah i would, I would kind of have to agree that because colin sense uh sexton you know we've seen a little bit of the experiment it hasn't necessarily panned out so far and, and i think that guards are going to be more plentiful overall. sure yeah so Something or someone we haven't mentioned. <laughs> What's the scoop with Kevin Love? <laughs> um, can I? I got. I 
want to say this on the bed. I, I think with Kevin, I kind of think, like, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I tend to think that, like, it's actually incredibly stupid that, like, that isn't what people are pissed off about at the Cavs instead of being, like, all up in arms about Colin Sexton stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that contract is a, is the worst contract in the NBA. It is an absolutely it's, dreadful contract. He it's bad. not being able to get to the Olympics is like an extreme. That was a tough look. Problem. Man. That was going to be a good way for him to flip that, and for the Cavs to be able to make that an asset. And him coming home to rehab is just even worse, man. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So like, if I'm if I'm the Cavs, I just am like, I look. It's not going to be easy. I you know maybe like there's a world where you can be like okay like we can have Kevin like, play a low number of minutes, he's going to buy into that, and, like, he's going to know that we're going to help him, like, kind of get his legs under him, and then maybe he takes a buyout at some point. Mm-hmm. I just, like, if I'm both of them, I just kind of want to do a buyout and just cut clean. Like, I just do not see, like, the benefit for either side or Kevin Love to be on the roster. I mean, yeah, like, I don't think it's, like, what Kevin... It's clearly not what Kevin wants, right. based on what he said publicly. <laughs> he can say whatever he wants, like... That, like, he's not asking for trades or whatever, but when you're like, yeah, I'd really like to play with Dame in Portland, right. and, like, like you're you're saying you're saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. The Cavs is just like, you're going to draft Evan Mobley, who should be your starting four from day one. You have Larry Nance Jr. Yep. You have Dean Wade, who I like. You have, like, Lamar Stevens, who I like. Like, Torrey Prince, couple of the fuck. You have bodies. Just, like, yeah, the, the biggest decision the Cavs should really have, like, him and Kelly, is find up the number that... We lost him. Chris. <laughs> Sorry about that. I have no idea what the, the hell happened. Hey, no problem. No You're problem good. at all. <clears throat> so we were talking about Kevin Love and possibly his departure and how he really just doesn't fit on the roster right now, especially yeah. with kind of his attitude. Um, did you want to elaborate on that anymore, or is that kind of like what you were getting to there? No, I, I can say one other thing, and then I sure. actually have a question I want to ask you guys about sure. it, so we can go to that. Absolutely. No, again, sorry again about that. So let me know when to go. Go ahead. You're good. We're, we're going right, right now. Okay, cool. So, I, yeah, like, I, I just, like, you're getting all these pieces in. Like, it, it's just the vibe. The vibes would just be good. And let me, like, just ask. I just am curious about this. Like, you guys have, like, interest in seeing Kevin Love play in a Cavs uniform again? Because, like, I've, I've like, asked people that are, like, ranged from, like, diehard Cavs fans to, like, casual Cavs fans about this. And every answer I've gotten is, like, no. Like, no one is, like, down for, like, Kevin Love playing on this team anymore. It's kind of wild. I'm a – so I'm a Celtics fan. Dill's a Cavs fan. Um, you want to – can you trade me Jason Tatum for for the corpse of Kevin Love? Uh, maybe Deuce Tatum if you want him. Hell, yeah, I'll do, I'll do it. 100% <laughs> would do that. It's great future value. I know. Plus, you can market Deuce. He's a great guy. It might be worth it. Um, no, I, I, I think it's just the way he played last year and his attitude – just in, like, especially in a, like, you know, for the Cavs in Cleveland where it's kind of like the Browns are a really hard-nosed team and everybody works hard up in Cleveland. That's kind of the vibe that they all give off. Like, nothing's, you know, easy. And for him to just kind of, like, give up on the team is just something I think nobody wants him there for because if you don't want to be there, nobody wants you there kind of type deal. So um, I think if I was a Cavs fan, I probably would feel that way. Um, from the outside looking in, it just like you're saying, it just doesn't seem like he fits at all there. And um, why not try to get some assets for him if you can to try to rebuild that team? And if you can't, um, 
you know, just, I guess, buy him out because his attitude doesn't work with the young guys. Like, you can't have some guy not throwing the ball in to close out, you know, I guess it was third quarter, but, you know, to close out games like that and where it was a close game and then it became a blowout. So you can't have an attitude like that with young players around. You need somebody to be setting an example. So I would say I don't think any Cavs fan would want him there, but I understand he did, you know, win a championship and was, you know, the guy who stuck around. So I don't know. Dill, what do you think as a Cavs fan? So as a Cavs fan – I totally agree that his attitude and, like, mentally, he's just not there. And I think he's been checked out since LeBron signed with the Lakers in 2018. Like, he, you know, post-LeBron is not the same person. He's not the same player. You can tell that, you know, it's just kind of stale and he needs to move on and go somewhere else. I'm sure he can contribute elsewhere, uh, especially if they can kind of manage his minutes between his different health, um, you know, and and injuries that he has going on between his back, his legs, um, his thought process right now I mean kind of all of it but I I totally could see him going elsewhere and you know I'm content with that I don't think that there are any hard feelings I think that if he was able to be that like veteran leader on the team and like you said to like set an example for the younger guys and kind of help them uh help groom them to a potential you know playoff team and then championship team uh championship team from there so he's clearly not doing that I think that with Bickerstaff coming on, it's, it's you know, Ty Lue obviously has moved on. Like, it's time for him to move on, too. Um, where he might go, I don't know. Where I would like to see him, I don't know. But I would like to see his career not be over yet. Like, I think he has more in the tank, Do you th- but so we'll see. I kind of have a question about that real quick. Like, do you think he'll be more of, like, a a Blake Griffin and kind of revitalize his career and, you know, really kind of – Maybe not be that impactful for a team, but be a nice piece for a team, or be more of like an Andre Drummond who was kind of more of a name and then didn't really have much of an impact for the Lakers, and they couldn't end up really playing him in the playoffs. So, Chris, what do you think about that? Uh, Andre Drummond. Um, <laughs> please tell me you guys saw the NFT thing with him. If you haven't, I recommend you go Google it because it's like incredibly funny but also sad. Right. Um, I need to check that out. Let me see. It's uh, it's just you'll see that he tried to sell something with like involving his brand for like lots of money. at that game and that was one of the most wild things to like see live and just to like see Kevin Love just not be able to miss it's like dude like 
that's not we're not that far removed from that. So, like you're saying, if he can be healthy, I mean, like maybe go out to the Wizards, just be a spot up three, spread the floor for Russ. You know, keep people out of the paint. I bet he'd be fine going anywhere, man, and just having like people want those corner three shooters or spot up. Right, you know, spread the floor bigs, like that's so common now. That's all everyone wants is that big guy who can shoot threes, and then de- you know defend too. So right, that's something he's never done well though. <clears throat> yeah, true. Um, so Chris, um, one last question here before we get into our 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 game here that we have at the end of the interview. What does the perfect off season for the Cavs look like for you? Like a couple trades here, or are there pieces that you want to see moved or? people that you want to see um, remain a Cav. Um, like I said, what's the perfect offseason look like? All right, so I think it starts with you take Evan Mobley. Yep. Easy. I think that's where this is going. I think if it's the draft order switches last minute, but like in Green Falls, you whatever, like take him, don't even think twice about it. Yep. Just um, one of those guys, you got to take him. Yeah, just get there and like just don't even think twice about it and profit from it. Um, except you resign Jared Allen. Yep. Um, I, I I think on top of that, if you can look at getting like a relatively fair extension in place for Colin Sexton, I like might do it. Just depends on what that number is. Um, I would be like trying to trying to be a little frugal on that end, just because of like you can have Richard Freeman do him next summer and stuff. Like I, I I'm not like super inclined to like rush and pay now. Right. Um. I I think from there it's. I don't think the capacity is really there to make any, like, really big swings. I think if you could find a way to get, like, Doug McDermott as a shooter and a wing Ooh. for you, that would be a really good veteran step up. And, like, yeah. I, I, I hope he can turn it around. But, like, Dylan Windler has just not been it in his NBA career so mm-hmm. far. Like, and that is, he's just he, – I don't know if you can really count on him. Um, I would be trying to, like, turn, like, a Jetty Osmond or a Torian Prince, like, contract that has, like, a little bit of – maybe positive value for another team financially and, like, getting, like, a future pick or something out of it. Like, I'd be doing something to still create future flexibility for yourself, okay. but yeah. also improving in certain ways, right? Like, and I think if you're saying, like, the names I would want, I would, like, I'd want one of, like, the good veteran backup point guards out there. So, like, Austin Rivers. Um, oh, yeah, he'd be nice, for sure. Austin Rivers would be nice. TJ McConnell would be fine with me. Yep. Um, I think campaign might be a little too expensive, but, like, if he's actually that good now, then, like, I'd be super into that. You know, um, Patty Mills. Yeah, Patty Mills could be fun if you want to go the more this, this kind of the scoring route and right. uh, keep your keep your Aussie quarter. Um, if you could, if yeah, I, yeah. I think the I think I, I think Thursday is the big date. We'll kind of see where this goes because I think if like you're gonna do something a little more unorthodox and that could be fun. Like maybe like there's, there's reporting out there that like the Jazz want to shed some salary Ooh, and like okay. Joe Ingles or or Bogdanovich might be available as they're trying to like cut some money and like maybe get like thirty. Guys, in exchange for like a, a slightly cheaper contract, you could you know make a play for like PJ Boston, Josh Christopher, right. Jason Preston, like someone like that, where you could get a more developmental guy, get like an Ingles or a Bogdanovich back if you throw them like some cheap salary, yeah. and you like improve your team, you get some more assets, you get a player that you can like have play with the Cleveland charge and develop. But I, I think that's the path. Like in like. Don't worry about like some of the end of the roster guys. If you need to cut like tag a melee or Dotson, like I don't, it doesn't really matter unfortunately for them. But like take Mobley, resign Allen, and if you can make a swing to get Ingles, Bogdanovich, someone of that ilk, do it. And if not, like try to get Austin Rivers, try to pursue Doug McDermott. Um, you know, Duncan Robinson is going to be way too expensive, I yeah. think. But like try to inquire there, like just try to do smart stuff without trying to force something that isn't there. And also 
again, just break up with Kevin Love. I don't think a trade's happening, so buy out Kevin Love and, and just move on. Yeah, I, I think all those are great ideas, especially if you can get a veteran like Ingles or Bogdanovich, that would be a really great um, you know, piece for the team because those guys are real professionals, they're good scorers, you know, and they're good team guys too. They don't have to go out and have the ball every night, but they can you know, go off for like a nice game here and there, um, which is always good too. <clears throat> and they're very confident players as well, which I think is big to have with some young guys around too. So, um Dill, is there anything you want to add, like that you'd think for a perfect off season, or um, you know, any players you'd be interested in, you know, maybe seeing the Cavs acquire, possibly? So I don't, I don't know about specific names, but I, I'm sure that you'll understand this, Chris. Are you a so are you like a, a Cleveland fan, like as far as like Browns and other things as well? Yeah. So like my, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself like as much of a Cavs anymore because I just cover the team, and I think like when you're just interacting with them in certain ways it kind of like takes some of the fun of it. but like I would say Browns fan mm-hmm. first. Browns, Browns and like Cleveland Guardians are like the, are definitely still fan of that way yeah, and I, I'm from I'm from the area so yeah okay sure nice. so where I'm going with that is that you know for years the Browns would have some hype you know around the team before the season you would hear some big names or some guys that were supposed to be good you know up and coming younger players you know, I want to feel that with the Cavs where you kind of have, like, a good energy because since LeBron, back in 2003, started playing with us, the only time we've ever been good is with LeBron. And then before that, it was in the, you know, 90s. So we really haven't seen a whole lot of success as a Cavaliers um, organization in the last 30 years minus LeBron. So I want to be able to have something where it's exciting, you know, where you know, we play good team basketball. It's fun to watch. I don't know who those specific, uh, specific pieces are, but if if that's what it can bring to me as far as just being, like, energized about the offseason, then that's something I would be looking for. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Like, and I, I think, like, I think one of the things I've had to, like, remind myself, and I think I've has sort of shaped my view on what's going on with the team right now, is that, like, it is really, really hard to move on from LeBron James. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's arguably the greatest player of all time. And it's like, he left, and your, your roster was already kind of crumbling when he was leaving anyway. It's like, this was going to take a couple years. Yeah. This was never going to be, like, a two-years-in-back playoff thing. Like, right. they tried to, I guess, put the genie back in the bottle with, with the Kevin extension and all that stuff. Like, it never was going to work out that way. Just It's just too hard. So, like, I, they're headed somewhere interesting if they're willing to be patient. Um, You can, like, I think, quibble with, like, how good Kobe Allman is as a GM. Like, I, you know, I, I think J.B. Bickerson with the head coach is, like, a good defensive coach. I think the offense has to be much more creative next year if you're going to maximize what this roster sort of looks like it's going to be. Like, it does not – it requires creative solutions, and mm-hmm. he's never really shown to be that kind of offensive um, thought leader in that way, I would say. But, like, I, I – yeah, I think you just want to feel like they like the organization is actually heading somewhere. I think that's, like – ultimately it. I think that's like where like people got really pegged on to Sexton as like a thing because um it was like this kind of one positive thing amid a sea of junk, you know. Right. Um, and um, I think that's where that comes from. Yeah, I totally get it because it's like you just want like for like how many years do people just want the Browns to like not be utter dog crap. You know what right, I mean? Like right. or like the, 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 the like, people just want the Guardians uh to like spend like a little bit of money. Right. Just, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like there's these very low bars you sometimes just need your team to clear in order to feel okay about, like, spending your, like, so much time thinking about them and watching them. Right, that piece of that peace of mind with a little bit of hope. Well, people forget, too, like, when you have a LeBron team, 
it's centered around LeBron James and it's built to like maximize like LeBron and for LeBron to maximize the people around it. And it's also a really expensive team typically too, because LeBron's expensive. Everyone that comes with that is typically expensive and you're going into the luxury tax and those guys get, you know, long-term deals while LeBron makes his flexible so he can leave. And then you're kind of stuck with some of those bones and then a team that's built for LeBron James without LeBron James and you can't just go out and oh well we'll just go draft LeBron James so you have to like you're saying it's going to take a couple years and you have to completely change like the team that you're you have and what you're trying to do so um you know I think the Cavs are on the right step with some of the young guys that they have especially they can keep around some of the guys we've talked about Jared Allen Sexton bring in Mobley who I think is going to be a really really good young piece Garland's um, been really good and, for yeah, us. Garland's like, been good. Like that's a really good, you know, five if you run it out with you know Sexton, Garland, um, you know, some kind of wing or if you got to keep Prince there, whoever that might be, Mobley and then Jared Allen. Like that's a really decent five, and you know, hopefully you can defend pretty well, um, and you know, see what you can do. Maybe you can make it into the playing tournament, which they decided to keep around again. So. I don't know. I think the Cavs are definitely on the way up, but it's like you're saying, it's really tough to rebuild from a LeBron, um, you know, season or LeBron team. So the hangover is real there. Yes, for sure. But it's worth it though. You get that championship. It's all worth it for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. One hundred percent. It's no. I don't think anyone that was at that parade or watched those games would like trade that for like five, like for like three more years of making the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't work. Like you want the title. So I know I'm not a Cavs fan, but a bunch of my buddies were, and I was actually able to be in the parade because um, my friend's dad had some floats that they were, like, people renting out to be in the parade. So I was actually right by some of the players, and going around some of those corners is, like, something I'll never forget with just, like, how many people were there and how loud it was and how, like, just the joy on everybody's face, too. Like, they're just like, we finally did it. Like, something, like, great happened in this town, and we actually earned it, too. So it was really cool to see that. So it's funny that you mentioned that. I think it was definitely yeah. worth it for that. And I wasn't even, I'm not even a Cavs, you know, fan per se. Right. So, um, yeah, you got one, Dill? Yeah, so, you know, I, as far as, like, another, you know, question about the Cavs real quick, and then we'll jump into our game, I yeah. believe. Yeah, um, As far as last season, if you look at it, we were pretty competitive against some good teams at the beginning, you know, 20, I think, games, and then we started sliding downhill from there. We were we were definitely a defensive minded team, but we played good enough offense to be able to you know obviously win some of those games. Then it switched to we couldn't defend and we couldn't score, and then it switched to we still can't defend but we kind of can score. What kind of you know identity do you think that JV Bickerstaff is really looking for? And you know in this upcoming season, you know what are some focuses or I know you said they need to be more creative on offense of uh, the offensive side of the ball, but where do you see that identity uh, line? I think he's a defensive first coach. He's going to want to nail those principles. Like, I think, like, mm-hmm. last year you saw, like, a pretty standard um, playing drop coverage, playing um, kind of variations of that and, like, some wrinkles of zone in there, like, trying to just nail those basics and make guys are in their minutes. Like, they, he made a point in the preseason last year to be, like, Isaac Okoro, even though he's our number five pick, like our first round pick, he's going to have to earn his starting spot. And I kind of made a point, I think, like try to make him earn that starting minutes there. Um, I I think like it's going to be a team that has to, is going to work, is going to kind of rely on some of the really good defensive personnel. I mean, like Mobley, Okoro, and Allen as a front court is an incredibly high upside 23 and under defensive unit. Um, 
what you expect of the offensive identity. Like, so much depends on, like, you know, what is Garland like in year three? Can Okoro shoot next year? Um, does Dylan Windler give you some shooting off the bench, maybe? Like, who do you bring in? Like, does Allen add anything to this game? Does Mobley, like, translate as a passer immediately once he gets into the league, right? Like, there's all these, I think, things we don't know about the offensive. And I would expect the defense to sort of be when he hammers home and, and the effort level to be something like that. And we'll, I, did, I think we're just going to need, like, 30 games of the offense to sort of know what we're expecting. And I'm like willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because of how weird last year was right. all the interchanging pieces. Um, but also if you want to be skeptical because of like how many Andre German post-ups they ran at the beginning of the season, like I, I can't blame <laughs> you for that. Yeah, those, yeah, those are interesting, but okay. the Wolves game is like literally seared into my brain is one of the dumbest offensive strategies I've ever seen in my life. And it's just <laughs> incredible that like they, like, that game is just among the worst like offensive coaching games I've seen in my life. It's incredible. Yeah, he's he's gone now. We don't have to worry about him anymore. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, Let's move boy. on here um, to our game. It's called Boomer Bust. So I know the Cavs have uh, obviously the, the third pick in the draft. We're going to look at some of these other prospects here in the draft um, that have some more name recognition as well. Um, and we're just going to say, you know, if you think they're going to be a a boom, like a quality player, you know, and you can say how far of a boom that's going to be, you know, all-star, all-NBA, you know, just solid bench guy. Um, or if you think they're going to be a bust and be somebody who, you know, might not be worth where they're being taken out or being projected to be taken out. So, Maybe bounces um, around the league a lot. Right, Doesn't sure. Really Traded a couple yeah. times. Right, exactly. So first one on the list um, is, is a player that people might not uh, – you know, have seen too much of because he played in the G League along with, you know, Jay, not along with, but like Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga. What do you think about him? Do you have him as a boom or a bust and why? Uh, bust. He scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, I would think his pre-workout stuff is going to be you watch him in the G League, like the physical tools are clearly there. Um, but, like, I just think he plays – I don't really feel like he has, like, any feel for the game. Like, he just scares me depending on the situation. Like, if he ended up playing Jeff Green, like, that's not a bad NBA player. I love Jeff Green, but, like, that is not, like, that is not the kind of potential that he sort of was oozing as, like, a potential number one pick and, like, for a long part of this year until, like, the bubble really happened and we got more film and data on him. Like, he was considered, like, maybe the second best chance of being the number one overall pick behind Kate. So, right. I'm going, I'm leading bust, but, like, I, I just, I do hope it works out for him. It's just, like, I, he's, he's, he scares me more than any, like, top five to eight prospect in this draft. He's got all the physical tools. You know, he, you know, he's, like, really long. He's big, but, um, like you're saying, he kind of just doesn't really have, like, you know, as, you know, they'd say that, like, he doesn't have a bag of tricks. You know, he's not really, you know, doing one thing super well. He's just kind of, you know, <clears throat> a really decent player, pretty raw. So I'm kind of leaning bust as well, especially um, heard there might be some injury stuff with him possibly. And he's just kind of that guy who I think had a really good body in high school and has just kind of been, like, you know, not necessarily living off that, but he hasn't maybe, you know, gotten any better where some of these other prospects have gotten better where he's just been a really nice body for a long time. So I, I, he could be good, but I'm with you. I think he's definitely uh, leaning a little bit more bust than boom. Dill, what do you think? All right, so he's only 18. He's very young, so he's which a is young a guy. big advantage. Yeah. Um, something, you know, I'm just looking up because, honestly, I, I, I don't really know him a whole lot uh, mm-hmm. or at all. So things sure. I'm looking at here, doesn't shoot the ball well. Yeah. He's undersized as a... 
uh, power forward or center at 6'6". Um, now, granted, he could be like Giannis where he grows like crazy and he doesn't have to shoot well. Like, he can just play in the post well. So here, he's... Uh, I definitely had him as more of a, a wing, but yeah, if he's going to be playing down low, he, that's not... Well, that's what his position says it is, is a forward. So, I mean, it could be a small forward, right. I guess. Right, Um He's shooting 39% from the field, 25 from three, and 62 mm. from the free throw line. So, like, mm. I don't know, that's just something that got to look at there. But... Those G League stats? I, I would, yeah, I would... Okay. And, like, that's something else, like... It's not even against the best defenders. You know yeah, I mean? but, like, I mean, it is it is the, the G League. I'd say that's probably a step up from college in some cases. And some of those guys are actually trying to get make it to the NBA as well, too. So, uh, I don't – you know, it's it's tough to call. This will be, like, some of the first guys that have done this. So, it'll this, be interesting to see how they translate This could be a huge game, game changer for you. Shares the same birthday. Wow. Well, now, you know. But, or boom? No. Okay. <laughs> I, w- I would be leaning on the side of bus, personally. Okay. Um, Chris, let's move on to our next one. We've all got coming as a bus, so we might all be eating our words if he, uh, you know, is, ends up being like, obviously he's not going to be like Giannis, but if he ends up doing something like that, we'll all eat our words here. Uh, moving on to the next one. Um, James Book Knight from UConn. He, you know, started off as maybe not um, the biggest prospect, um, you know, lower on the boards, but he's been rising up very quickly um, is now projected to be, I believe, a top 10 pick, maybe even sniffing the top five, possibly. Do you have him as a boom or a bust? I, I think I have him as a boom. I think just the skill of the score is really intriguing. Um, yep. I think, like, he's going to find a role in the NBA. I don't know, like, how, I don't think his ceiling is going to be, like, lead offensive guy and, like, a really good team. But I think, like, you know, OKC has been, like, a really hot spot for him. If he ends up there and, like, okay. plays next to Shea, like, that's a really fun outcome for him. So I'm going to say boom. I'm with you. I'm I'm a boom on him. He's got a lot of offensive tools that I think are going to translate to the NBA. Um, you know, if you can shoot, and he wasn't the best shooter in college, but it seems like he'll be able to translate and be able to work on that um, and, and be a good shooter here in the NBA. So I think, you know, at minimum, he'll be a really quality bench piece, but I think he could be a, a decent starting guard for a team for a, a good while. So I have him as a boom. Dill, what about you? He's a point guard? Yeah. Really just... Point guard, shooting guard, kind of. <clears throat> Uh, I, I would be leaning more on the side of, of Boom, and that's because a few games I did see throughout the, the college year, I remember that he was an impact player in the games that were on TV. Right. Um, and then also, I just think he might be a little scrappy guy if he's from Brooklyn, you know? So Definitely, yeah. He has that mentality of, of playing solid defense. We'll see if that translates to the NBA. But Definitely. I would say Boom. Okay. Um, Chris, this one I think uh, – well, no, I'll just let you go first. This was interesting. We've got some news, too, recently that – um, you know, a little bit shorter wingspan uh, than people might have thought, maybe a bit shorter than people thought, too. Davion Mitchell out of Baylor, do you think he'll be a boom or a bust? I like Mitchell. Um, I kind of hope he ends up, like, Indiana or, like, maybe Golden State gets him at 14. Like, I, I'm going to say boom. I feel like he's going to have, like, a solid curve. Let's kind of see, like, how high his ceiling is. But he just feels like a, like a solid, really interesting player if he just kind of ends up in a spot that kind of maximize what he is versus, like, a team that's going to, like, maybe build around him and, he feels kind of like it's not even the right exact comparison, like a Marcus Smart typeish player yep. to me, more so mm-hmm. than like any anything else. So, we're, um, you think he's going to go? You said maybe Golden State around like the fourteen. Yeah, it okay. seems like he was like mocked as high as like seven, and then he's falling like outside the lottery. Okay, which so more right anyway. I was going to say if you were going to take him in the top ten, that might be like obviously I don't think he's going to be a bust, 
like and you're saying too marcus smart was a top 10 player you know top 10 pick so um it'd be pretty similar to that maybe different um you know scoring defense level there uh, possibly but who knows and i think that's a good comparison because they're kind of scrappy guys they are you know they're going to work hard they could be an energy guy coming off the bench um so I'm, I'm I'm with you as a boom, but if you're taking him top 10, I'd be a bit weary because I think there's some other guys you might be able to just take a chance on, or you might be able to, if you're really interested in him, you might be able to just trade back for him. So, Dill, do you have him as a boom or a bust? I think it depends on where he goes. I think if he goes really high, he'll be a bust for that, like, pick. Like, he may not be, like, I could see him being that kind of guy who maybe jumps around the league a little bit, um comes off the bench for a while like I don't know if I see him starting for a little bit yeah I don't know if he'll be a starter but I I could totally see him you know if he's going to Golden State he could be a big I think a real nice impact sure so like as far as being a starter like if you're going to those top teams you're expected to you know be a high pick and start right is my point that like I don't think he will be though so I could totally see him falling in that regard but he did play well in the big games um you know, he was definitely a huge impact when he was on the court. Definitely. So if the size things are true and he's undersized or he's been branded as being bigger than he is, those are some things that you may want to look at. But at the end of the day, like, if the dude can play, he can play. So. I would say, yeah, like, I mean, the, the trend in the NBA is for typically guys to have, like, a longer wingspan than they are tall, like, just in general. Right. But it doesn't mean that's like, oh, well, now he's not going to be good. Like, he could certainly still be a really great player. That just – that. It's just an interesting, you know. He was scrappy. I think he's like a better offensive. Well, he play uh, he plays bigger than like I think what his measurables say too. Like he seems like he's a really scrappy and all over the place. And yeah. that wouldn't be something you'd think for somebody who has you know a shorter wingspan than most. Like but a comparison that I think I I I'd see is between him and Donovan or not Donovan Donovan Jesus well, Davion Mitchell and Patrick Beverly. Beverly, like, sure. He's a better offensive than Patrick Beverly. Right. So. Um. So moving on to another guy who's playing the title game here. Um, what do you think about Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga, Chris? Yeah, I I like Kispert. I think if he – it's not like I right spot it would be good for him, but I, I need to see how he actually does athletically in the NBA yeah. on defense, right? Like the shooting is going to translate, you would think, but um, I'm going to play the middle ground here and just say I, I TBD just because I want to see after the title game where Baylor hit real struggles defending – against a really athletic Baylor team, want to see how that actually translates at the NBA levels for him. I think, uh, see, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that, where I think he's he's got a lot of offensive tools, but I think he could, you know, come playoff time, you know, maybe he could be a, a quality regular season guy, but come, like, in a playoff time, he might be one of those guys that guards are just going to pick on and be able to blow by. Now, maybe he is more athletic than I, I remember, um, and he'll, he'll be fine, but... If if that's the case, I do think he might be a bust just because he might not be able to stay on the court with how the game's kind of played right now and, and some of the playoff ball. Um, Dill, what do you think about Kispert and the stash? So he was very efficient when he was playing somebody who was smaller than him. When he was playing the same size or a little bit bigger, he definitely struggled. So that's something that I don't think translates to the NBA well because everyone in the NBA that's playing those positions are huge. They just seem to somehow get bigger and bigger, or more of them are. Like, we have more seven-footers in the league now than I think probably ever. Like, I'd be safe to take a bet on that. Now, his IQ could definitely, you know, basketball IQ could definitely keep him 
around for a decent amount of time just with him being, you know, finding the right spot, especially if he joins, like, the right team. So we've seen, right... like, how Calipari is good at Kentucky and, like, his players go on the NBA and, like, are <clears throat> great. Right. We haven't seen that from Mark Few, so, like... It's a bonus, man. Kelly Olenek's decent. Rory's looking pretty all right. I mean, he's been there for, what, 20-something years, and we you have less than five players to name off the top of the head. But that's my point, is it? I mean, he... he... He's going to need some time to develop. I could give you... I probably so, could give you more if you wanted, but I'm not... It's not what we're here for. Right. <clears throat> um, I would say bust. I like it. Okay. Um, I like the TBD, though. I, I think that we're all kind of in the same boat with that. Like, he definitely um, has some upside. Uh, moving on here, I think... Uh, last one we've got, Chris, here for you. Jared Butler out of Baylor. Some medical issues, possibly. I know he was recently cleared, um, but what do you think about him... Um, being in the NBA, I hope he does well. Um, he seems like like there's been like some like people talking about how he could go to the Lakers and, and become like a nice like off ball piece there. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say specifically boom because I feel like we'll have he'll have like a bomb playoff game next year if he ends up like on a good team like LA or uh, like Denver or something like that. As weird as and, it... and again, I just I just like want to manifest like him being like physically cleared to play. Like I, I just want to manifest yeah. like good vibes for that dude. Yes, I really hope that he is completely healthy because he was fun to watch at Baylor. And weirdly enough, the the medical issue might have been like the best thing for him because he might fall to one of these organizations that is a bit more uh, stable or has a better roster so he can kind of work his way into the team or just be a piece on the outside rather than being somebody that they need to contribute right away. I mean, if he joined the Lakers, that would be a great piece with his shooting um, and you know maybe some defensive ability he's got there. Um, and I totally agree. If he's healthy, that's great. So I hope that he uh, joins a good team because I think he could be a good piece. So I'm with you. I think he's going to be a boom. Um, and I really hope he's not a bust because of his medical. So I'm really I'm really hoping he's a boom. Dale, what about you? He shoots the ball well. I think that he could go somewhere, you know, lower in the draft where, like you guys said, the roster is already a little bit better. That's the reason why they're drafting lower. And that – uh, could definitely be a good fit where he just slides in as a nice, you know, shooting piece to a team that's kind of already established, like you said. So, right. Um, that's exactly what I thought, and then he said it, so that's go. kind of what I think, too. Perfect. Um, Chris, do you have uh, a boomer bust prospect or, or somebody that you just think is a nice sleeper in this draft? I, I just want to ask you guys, as two Mac people, and, as, and because I'm, I'm, I'm Preston Pilks, um, yeah. can you just give me your Jason Preston takes? I know, like, you know, we got some, like, I got a Miami dude on here, so, like, I understand yeah. if you're just jealous of how good he is, but, um, just get, let, like, just hit me, hit me with your Preston takes. So, my brother goes to OU, so I was definitely tuned in for that, because I was, we were trying to see if he could get to one of those games at the tournament, and, you know, what a cool atmosphere that would be. Um, I think he's, you know, if he can add some weight, maybe put on some muscle, I think he'll be, you know, quality, quality bench guy, and I think he's got you know, the right mindset and the right, you know, kind of move, you know, he's got some good offensive moves that I think can translate to the NBA. So um, I'm not sure where he's going to go, but I'd love for him to be a boom. I think that'd be a great story for the Mac. Um, and, you know, while he may be a Bobcat, I do think that uh, he will be a quality quality player. Um, you know, maybe I'm not for sure how long, but um, if he can add some size, I think he could be a decent guy. Dill, what about you? Yeah, it was one of those. He was one of those guys where, like, you definitely like people tuned into the game, obviously, to watch the uh, right tournament. But he was one of those players where you know they're running the ads the whole time for like 
Oh, here we go with Preston out of OU. You know right. what I mean? Like great you, story too. You right. Know, with so, right. I don't think he's going to go too high, uh, but I mean he's he's kind of like that fun, energetic pick. I feel like really like player. Like he, I don't know. So I feel like he's a good value. Yeah, I think kind of like we've said with you know, and this kind of probably goes for anybody in the NBA. If you put somebody in like the right system or they have a good fit, like. If you put him on, like, a, a team that has a really smart offense, I think he can excel and be a good ball handler, you know, coming off the bench for somebody. Uh, Chris, what do you think about him? I hope he goes to a situation where he can play in the G League for, like, half a season. Yeah, that'd be really good for him, I think, too. Like, get some minutes. Um, Denver would be a really cool place for him, I think, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Just cool somebody... player development staff, play with Jokic, like, could be cool. Somebody where somebody where they're or somewhere where they just don't need him to come in and and like try to be somebody like the guy who was like at OU scoring all these points and stuff it's like that's not. I mean, he might get there eventually, but that's not going to maybe translate to the NBA right away. So right, like a immediate producer. Yeah, which is like what we've all been saying. Like hopefully he kind of like goes a little bit later and they've got a good roster. So um, that's good. Um, okay, uh, Chris. Then before we go here, is there anything? Uh, that you want to plug or you want to promote here. We really appreciate your time. Um, it's been longer we expect you to be on, so we really, really appreciate that um, and all your takes as well. So is there anything you want to promote or, or just give a shout-out to? No, you guys let me babble, and I, I appreciate it. Um, I you know, I would just say check out Lockdown Cavs, check out Through the Store, check out yeah. the work I'm doing at Dime as well. Um, and um, it's if you go on there and show us our episodes, there's a link to donate to Jonathan Sharks's. Oh yeah, uh, go find me for Jonathan Sharks. Um, he's battling cancer. He's like I, he is generally maybe the nicest human being in sports media, and what the cancer's battling is like uh, extremely sad. And I just yeah. like hope that like if you have five dollars, or can at least pass on the link. Like any little bit helps to, to raise some money for a generally great dude. Yeah, we all got to do that. His, and especially, too, give, he lives, has a good stuff, or a lot of good stuff on The Ringer as well, I believe, and just other really uh-huh. good articles out there. So I love Charks and his take. So let's definitely get some get some dough together and, and do that for him for sure. So uh, great shout-out there, Chris. We really, really appreciate your time. Um, and let's get together sometime, maybe midseason, uh, talk again, or maybe if we're up for a Cavs game, we can meet up and grab a drink and uh, have some more takes. Yeah, that sounds great, guys. Let me... Let me know. Um, and yeah, we'll look to Thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks again, Chris. Best of luck. Later, guys. All right, have a good one. Bye. All right, everybody, we want to thank Chris one more time for that great interview and that awesome insight on the Cavs and the draft. Um, also, shout out to Jonathan Sharks. If you can go and donate to his page, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, he's always looking for support there. Uh, that's going to move us into halftime here. Um, we're going to do a little little break, and then we'll get to our interview with our buddy uh, Charles Rumsey, Chuck, who's got a little uh, Pistons insight for us as he's a Pistons fan. So, Dill, I'll pass it over to you first. Sure. Where can we find the Cheap Seats Network social media stuff? All right. So on Facebook, it's the Cheap Seats Network. Yep. Pretty simple. Uh, on, the, on Twitter, it's the underscore cheap underscore seats. But you're the only one here to guess an SN, so I'll just use I got one, one. That I've, I've I've got one I've had. Oh well, um, not done before, but like that I've uh, you've preemptively thought up maybe. Yeah. 
I was going to go, I mean, this isn't going to be relevant then, because it doesn't have to do with tonight, but I was going to try to get one, just a little solo night, you know? Okay. You know, no doge. Yeah. Solo guest. You know? Tough. Right on. Uh, what actually, what SN stands for uh, good guess, but this one doesn't have to do with anything. Of course. So when you said there's some sort of, like, you know... Yeah, there's no connection ever. It's yeah. just like, that's no. why I like to try to have a connection. It stands for studious napkins. Of course. Oh, everybody needs a couple. You know? Have you ever had one of those napkins? Hello, hey. just hits right? Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. So. Nice and thick. Absorbent. Cheap seats. Studious napkins. We appreciate that. If you're looking for the clubhouse specific stuff. Give it to them. You can go on Twitter. You can find us at Clubhouse underscore TCSN, which stands for the Cheap Seats Network. Also, same handle on Instagram, so that is the Clubhouse, all one word, underscore TCSN. And if you're going to look for us on Facebook, you can go ahead and find us at the Clubhouse. Um, you can also find us Spotify, Apple, give us a rate, review, uh, you know, toss us a like, throw a follow in there. You know, you want to be keeping up with us. We appreciate that. Um, and you know we've got some merchandise coming out. We've got a catalog out. Check our check our Instagram page. We've got some good stuff on there for that. Uh, discount code for tonight's episode. We got a couple days till the order, the first order's going in. So get your stuff in. The discount code for tonight's episode is going to be Cavalier. Cavalier is the code for tonight that will get you twenty percent off your order. So if you're listening to this episode, you hear that, send that in with your order. You're going to get 20% off. We really appreciate that. Really appreciate your support. Now let's move on here to our second half with our interview with Charles Rumsey talking about the Pistons, what they might do in the draft here. Charles, how are you today, man? Doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I would imagine you might be doing better as it uh, it's going to be draft day tomorrow. The Pistons. About 24 hours. Your team have the number one pick. They can take anybody in this draft, which is sought to be a pretty good draft. A lot of good prospects here up at the top. Um, who do you think the Pistons are going to take, and who do you want them to take? I guess. I, I think that's a great question. Thank uh, you. It's like, the, it's like a great holiday for me yes. tomorrow. Uh, like a little kid on Christmas. I think it's going to be Cade Cunningham, and I think I want it to be Cade Cunningham. Um, you know, there's a couple of other big guys at the top, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. I would be perfectly fine with them as well. Um, I've been hearing a lot of Cade Cunningham, Luka Doncic comparisons, and that, that is pretty pretty enticing. So. Whoa, that's a big comparison. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure on the shoulders. I don't necessarily like it in terms of trying to you know, getting to be that right away, but I understand the, the styles of play similarities. So I like I like the body. Yeah, I mean, he definitely got some shooting ability, definitely a lot of passing ability. So I can see what you're what you're saying there. Now, if you're not getting Cade Cunningham, and it's got to be Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, possibly, uh, I wouldn't think he'd be going number one. But Jalen Suggs, I like like his game, but don't think he's better than the other guys. Who would you rather have if it's not Cade? That is a great question. I do love Jalen Suggs. He seems like a natural leader out there. I think it'd probably be Jalen Green. Um, just because he's pretty electric, and we need an yeah. electric guy. Yep. You uh, need a little box office and little Caesars. 
Exactly. I feel like he's somewhat of an unknown commodity. Like, we know he's good, but I didn't see him in college, wasn't on national TV a lot. So, I think if nothing else, he would put some butts in the seats, which we definitely are sorely in need of after some lackluster years. Definitely. Now, are you one of the people, I am not one of them, but you, you possibly could be. It doesn't sound like it. But are you one of the people of the mindset that, hey, maybe we should go and possibly pull a little uh, Danny Ainge 2.0 trade back and take Mobley because you have Killian Hayes and you don't want to double guard there with, with Jalen Green or Cade Cunningham? You know, I've thought about that. Um, Killian Hayes is such an unknown yeah. person right now. He played, I mean, what, like 20 or 30 games with the hip injury? So yeah. I'm interested to see what he becomes. I agree. That's a lot of guards to have. Draft Kate Cunningham as well. Um, I'm not out on a trade. I think we have a good opportunity to, if we wanted to trade back, like with the Rockets. I know the Rockets have a ton of picks and they're one spot behind. So I think all three of those guys are going to be studs at the top. So it wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, I'm open to it. I'd be open to some offers. What what does an ideal trade look like then for you? Like, is it you're trying to get an ass like a guy like a player? Are you trying to get some more picks and then just like you know go kind of you know Sam Presti thunder on it and just get all the assets? What what do you want in a trade like that for the number one overall pick? Yeah, so I I picked up a couple of trade scenarios that I'll share with you guys. Oh, uh, the, first, the first is the one I mentioned with the Rockets. That one to me is is all picks. Yeah. So it's definitely the two this year and I know they have just a plethora of picks. The other thing that they have is our rights to a pick that's fairly protected. So yeah. Kind of locked in. Um, so if we could get those uh, rights removed and we have some flexibility with picks, I think that would be kind of more value than we would expect. So that's one. I don't want any of their players. Uh, that'd be the first one and we don't I think we like I said we still get a real quality guy. The second one is with OKC. Again, they have 10 million picks to trade. A lot of picks. Uh, so I would take picks from them. The other thing that I would consider from them is if we got uh, Shea, because he's a baller. Uh, I, I feel like where they're at with the team right now, they he may be ahead of their timeline a little bit. Yeah. Like if we tossed the number one their way and picked him up, uh, that would not be a bad, a bad deal since he's a bona fide guy, and I think he's a lot like Kate Cunningham, like bigger and pretty slick on the ball. So I'd be open to that. Um, then I had a couple other dark horse ones I'm, I don't really love. Uh, you know, we could trade with Orlando. They've got two top tens, get a young guy from them. Uh, those are kind of the three that stood out as possibilities. And I was thinking, you know, maybe the Knicks, if the Knicks wanted to pair a young guy with Julius Randle, you know, sure. get their picks and maybe RJ. Um, wow. I don't, know if they, I don't know if they would do that. But I don't think that's on the here. table. I don't think it is either, but just thought. Worth, I mean, definitely worth trying, and it's worth asking for for the number one pick. I mean, worth exactly worth the ask. Um, yeah, if we're going to trade it, I think we have to win the trade. Um, yeah, you have to be getting back more, which I just think that's going to be really tough to do with the, the guy like Cade Cunningham up there. Like, I, I agree. I agree. And the last one, which I don't think can happen anymore – with the Pelicans, Ooh. they just moved, they just moved for for Valanciunas, so I don't I think that's off the board. Might now get a little Brandon Ingram and some picks. To I was gonna say on. if you could sneak Bi out of there, and that could be your box office. Um, 
and he's a bit more kind of ready right now to go with with Grant. Um, exactly. And exactly. then and then Killian's your guy. Maybe you you sign a guard. Like that's not a bad move at all either. So it, I think that one's probably off the table. But uh, those are just some thoughts. Yeah, Jeremy Grant's kind of an interesting outlier. I don't know where he fits really. Uh, I could see him, I could see us moving him. I don't know. I don't know where our plan is with him. So uh, he's obviously good. He could help another team win. I don't think we're ready to win yet. So I'll be interested to watch him as well. But it should be a fun night regardless. Absolutely. Should be a great night. Um, I guess, is there anybody you're worried about taking? Is there an Anthony Bennett? You're just like, please don't take this guy. Obviously, that's not what people were thinking then, but like, at retrospect, you're just like, I can't believe Anthony Bennett was the number one pick. Is there anybody like that for you that you're just like, man, or you're just like, give me somebody in the top three and I'm all good? Well, as a Pistons fan, my scars are still open from the Darko pick. Yeah. So I know all too well about that. Yeah. Uh, no, I feel pretty good. After uh, Weaver's draft last year, you know, some people said we we reached we reached, we reached for Stewart, um, but he was all rookie. Oh, big stew. Yeah, Sadiq Bay was great last year, all rookie team. So I have faith in them. I think any of those top three guys is money. Uh, I think Jalen Suggs is money. So I'm I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I think you'll be. You're at least getting somebody who's going to be a quality player. So. Good for good for the Pistons there. Um, because there are a lot of good players out there. Yeah, I mean like the separation gap between like you know other years. Like typically there's like a very clear top three. Um, which I think there is again. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I think the separation between the ones after that is not as bad. Is it? I think after Suggs, it's pretty. So who'd be your four? Yeah, but and like he can, I think he has a lot of upside. But you know, there's if he never got any better, he'd still be a decent player. But after that, it's you know with Barnes. I mean, he's could be good, but he could also be off. You know, that's Kaminga range. People are thinking he might be going that in that area, and he's got a lot of questions like we talked about earlier with Chris. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, Chuck, what's up? Who, is there a somebody in the off season, like a free agent, you like think that the Pistons really need to go after or try to try to sign? Uh, that is a good question. I actually give me. A, I'm going quick scratch that. Let's stick to the draft. Right. We'll get back to that. So put a All little right. put a little pin in that. Real quick, do you have a sleeper or any insight on anybody from Michigan State? As I know you're a big, um, you know, Sparty guy. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. Yes. I think Aaron Henry's going to be a dog. Um, <laughs> he he's obviously our. I mean, he was our best player last year. Right. Watch his games. He carried Michigan State, especially towards the end of the year when we snuck into the tournament. Uh-huh. Um, he's he's great getting into the paint with little pull ups and closures, which I feel like are you know all the rage now in today's NBA game. So yep. I think he could be a nice pickup for somebody. Um, if nothing else, just be you know some quality scoring off the bench. He also has that Tommyzo grit kind of attitude. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like. So, I would say Aaron Henry is definitely the one to look out for. Um, we've had some studs coming out lately. Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson, figured Tillman's been nice. So yeah, Tillman's been nice. Will be the next one in a, a long line of some productive NBA boys. Okay. No, I definitely could see it. Um, okay, now back to the other question: Is there a free agent that yeah. you think that they should definitely be signing? I'll give you one I don't 
it's not really a free agent. Uh, but we had Josh Jackson this year. I think his contract is up. I would like to see us re-sign him. Okay. Little Josh Jackson believer here? Wow. Yeah, he's from Michigan. Likes the Spirits and Grumbles of Pistons. Um, I think he had some good moments. I still think he can be good. And we're not any pressure to win right away. So no. I'd like to see him come back and play with some other young, some young bucks. No, I think that'd be definitely a good move. Um, okay. A little Josh Jackson action there. Well, um, good luck to you tomorrow night. Hopefully, uh, Cade will be coming home. I think that will be the move. Um, but if not, good luck to some. Oh, Dill's got a little one for you. Excuse me. So before we uh, sign off, yeah, I'll say just before we sign off, it's it's not basketball related. I know this has been the NBA draft. Oh, but Dilly, come we on. Got, now. We have a big story out of Detroit. Well, actually, out of Minnesota. Uh, did you see the Tigers Twins game today? What I saw that they scored like 17 runs. So, they scored like 17 runs. They, it was 17 to 14, so a little bit of a football score. The Twins had seven home runs, and the Tigers did not have a single home run. So, that was the first time a team has ever lost after scoring seven more home runs than their opposing team. Dang. So, just wanted to, I guess, ask you uh, how that makes you feel and. You know, is that something you guys see as a positive? I mean, you guys are, are not too far behind the Indians, and then, you know, if the White Sox slow down, you might be able to catch some sort of playoff spot. Yeah, we, uh, that is fascinating. That's a good, a good fact on the home runs. So we were like 7-0 and coming out of the All-Star break, and then we just got swept by the Royals. Oof. So I think we're like eight games back now or something. Yep. Um, I'd love to see the winning happening. I think we got a lot of good dudes in the farm system who are coming up and starting to get minutes. I think Casey Mize is going to be a great pitching for us. Um, 14 runs given up is a lot. Our pitching staff has not been that great this year. Um, but it's interesting because when the Tigers were good in like the late 2000s, yep. uh, all, all we did was hit home runs. And that was kind of our downfall in the playoffs, it seemed like. Like we couldn't get on base once we were playing against good teams. It was over for us. So. We got AJ Hinch in there. I know he's got some baggage, but he's been doing pretty well. <laughs> and we're playing a lot more, a lot more small ball. You know, getting guys on base, stealing a lot. We I think we won a game on a suicide squeeze once. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, are you guys? Are scoring you, 17 runs is pretty fun. Are you guys stealing more than bases there? Sheesh. Hey man. Yeah, hey, you want to talk about some the, baggage? The time. My the gosh. Time. We're, we're moving on now. Baggage. All right. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you that real quick because I saw that and that was a ridiculous score from today. From That's baseball, wild. So. It was wild. I was watching it tick up on like the ticker on ESPN. And I was like, "What is going on over there?" Right. Right. Um. All right, Chuck. Well, we'll let you go. Like we said, good luck to the Pistons. Hopefully, uh, Cade comes back home. Not home, but Cade comes to to Motown. Um, gets funky up there with the rest of the the Pistons up in Little Caesars. So we appreciate you being on, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, boys. Happy Draft Eve. Yep, happy Draft Eve. Have a good one. Later, Chuck. See you guys. Bye. All right, so we want to thank Chuck for coming on here and giving us a little Pistons insight. We entered, we liked his uh, trade ideas and, you know, some other stuff there. But uh, let's wrap up the show, Dill. It's been a great one. We got buzzer beaters, and we'll we'll head on home. We'll pass it to you first. Why not? Yeah, so good news as a Lightning fan. Oh, yeah. Big news. We've uh, lost news. a few players. I mentioned Yanni Gord last episode. Tough. Uh, farewell. We actually just lost Tyler Johnson, so he's been, uh, you know, on the team for you know our entire run since like 2014. 
That um, hurts, but, he, but I mean, come on. But yeah, big bud. Good news. Big bud. Good Braden news. Braden Point with a contract uh, extension with an eight-year, seventy-six million-dollar price tag. There. Ooh. Okay. So that's pretty good. It's uh, just yeah. under you know ten a year. So uh, good for him. Good for Tampa. Hopefully, you know this run keeps going. So. All right, I'll wrap up the show here. Um, everybody in Cincinnati, just go ahead and say it with me. Okay. Votto still bangs. And let me give you five bangs there. Bangs, 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 bangs. All he does, 18 homers on the season. He's just hitting homers. Five home runs in five consecutive games. Gotta love it, Joey Votto. When that bat's smoking, the Reds are smoking. We love it. So keep it up, Joey. Keep it up, the Reds. Uh, other big news: uh, Reds added some <clears throat> some relievers today. Biggest name being added, Michael Givens from the Colorado Rockies. Um, or Mikhail, excuse me, I might have pronounced that wrong. So I apologize, my buddy. But either way, really looking for him to be in the lineup. We need some relief, and uh, really looking forward to having his his arm in in the old bullpen. Yeah, so. it's, it's good for you guys to get some of that bullpen. Help. It's just nice to see that we're adding, you know, not, you know, classically selling. Yeah. So, very good to see. Um, we want to thank again, we want to thank Chris for coming on. We want to thank Charlie for coming on. We want to say RIP for not having Doge on, so we'll get him on. We want to say if you're listening to this now too, tune in. We're going to be doing a live draft uh, reaction uh, to the NBA draft with some of our buddies here, a couple other insiders as well. So, Check that out. That's going to be some good stuff. Um, that'll probably be coming out um, Friday or Saturday, and then we'll release this here um, right before the draft so you can get all your Cavaliers draft info in. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. This is The Clubhouse.